I used to love when people won. The bigger they win, the more they're going to tip me. So I'm not only making my 25% on the whole gig, I'm also getting a tip. Hi, I'm Larry Lawton, America's biggest jewel dealer. Join me as I walk you through my past robberies, how I planned them, executed them, and ultimately got caught. I'm going to show you how we did things in prison, like making a tattoo gun, making wine, making white lightning. It's going to be very educational. These are the untold stories. Hey everybody, Larry Lawton here for another edition of Untold Stories. Today I'm going to be speaking about bookmaking and loan sharking, both in prison and on the outside in the gangster world. Before I get started, you know what I always say, please check out our member program, Patreon. we got some great stuff on the upper levels, uh, from video chats with me and stuff like that, to... Uh, memes and all of that stuff both on youtube and patreon and check out the description below man there's some great links my book gangster redemption a lot of other stuff is down there so let's jump right into this one and this one you know had me thinking because when i do a lot of things uh when i go out with friends and stuff of that nature people ask me hey larry what was it like in prison you know i knew you were a bookmaker i knew you were a loan shark on the street what is it like in prison do they do that do they do stuff like that and as i always say yeah uh, listen prison is a world in of itself it mirrors the outside world but in a crazy way what i mean by that is we have everything on the inside as you do on the outside there's drugs and alcohol and people go to work Trust me, people get married. I know that's uh, it is what it is. It's guy with a guy, but that's just what it is. I mean, it's a different world when a person has a life sentence. How do you tell them what to do or not to do? You can't. It, it, you can't. You learn that real quick in prison. You don't judge people. You don't look at people funny or you don't judge people because you don't know who will take a shank and stab you. But with my business and I did bookmaking and loan sharking on the street, and then in prison. And I'm going to let you know how it goes uh, on the street first. A bookmaker on the street is what most people know today is legal gambling. But even today on the outside of the street, when I say street, I mean the free world. Uh, when I say inside, of course, I mean inside the prison system. How it works in bookmaking, it's just like Las Vegas, but only you're dealing with a guy, one, you don't got to pay taxes to, nobody's going to report you to the IRS. In fact, bookmakers today actually use the numbers. If you ever heard of the number, the number is the lotto number. They have a, a three number, the balls go up three numbers, and then you can pick that or four numbers all the way up to the six numbers, and then you get paid some very big bucks. Well, that goes on with bookmakers illegally. And why people would actually gravitate towards a bookmaker is one, they might get credit when the state or a candy store is not going to give you credit for a lottery ticket or something like that. And and also, like in the state of Florida, if you hit the lottery, you get 500 to one. That's $500 to $1. So if you put a, a dollar down, you pick three numbers, you get $500. A bookmaker is going to give you $600. And that's no tax or reporting as well. So all of a sudden you put $10 down and you win, you're talking about $6,000. And you're gonna get that instead of $5,000 where they're gonna report you. So that's the difference. But And bookmaking also goes with, with sports. 
there's different types of bookmaking. There's what they call a straight bet. Uh, if the Giants are playing the Jets, I want the Giants against the Jets. So I say I want $20 on the Giants to beat the Jets. Now there's a point spread. The point spread is just makes the game even. So if the Giants are favored by seven points, that has nothing to do with the bet itself. So I'm putting $20. I'm laying seven points to beat the Jets. You don't just put up $20. You got to put up what they call the VIG or the juice. It's called either ways. And it's 10%. So for every $5, you got to put up 50 cents. So you have to put up $22 to make a $20 bet. Now, if you win, you get that $2 back. So if I gave the bookmaker $22 and I won, he would give me $42 back. Here's the difference. There's another guy along the way, somebody who bet 20 bucks on the Jets. Okay? Now he put down $22. So what the bookmaker does is automatically make 10%. Here's what I mean. So if the Jet guy pays the other guy the $20, he's given the bookmaker the $22. So the bookmaker keeps the $2. That other guy's only getting his VIG back. That's $22 plus the $20 he wins. Now, it doesn't sound like much when you do $20. Let's do it to a $1,000 bet. If a person puts a $1,000 bet down, he has to put $1,100 down. Now, this guy puts $1,100 on the Jets. The Giants win. He takes $100, puts it in his pocket, the bookmaker, takes the money and gives it over to the person over here who won on the Giants, so that guy gets his $2,100 back. The bookmaker didn't lose a dime, but made $100 pretty much to be the middleman. That's called bookmaking, and they take that VIG. People say, well, why is it illegal? Oh, they're not paying taxes, they're not doing stuff, but literally... It's, it should be legal. It is becoming legal. And now states have legalized sports gambling. And in that same regard, you know, if you have credit or if you know a guy and the guy's your bookmaker, you don't go there and give the money right off the bat. Actually, I did back in the 70s, in the early 70s, when I made my first bet, it was a $5 bet. I'll never forget it. I went in with Vinny Tremamuno, Vinny the bookie. The big fat guy with the cigar sticking out of his mouth. And back then, they wrote it on what they call flash paper. The flash paper would disappear if they just touched a little match to it. The whole paper would disappear. It was called flash paper. And they did that in case the cops came running in. But we actually went into the bathroom. I was 11 years old. And my dad says, who do you like? And it was one of the Giants. It was the Giants. That's why I said the Giants. And I went in and in betting... One time is $5. So you would say, I want a five-time bet on the Giants. That's a $25 bet plus the VIG. So if you said, I want a 20-time bet, anybody out there good in math? That's a $100 bet. I want 20 times on the Giants. So you know what it is. And it's a $100 bet and you'd go give, you know, you don't, you don't have to do it. In fact... I, when I first made a bet, I walked into the bathroom. I thought I was a big man. And I said, you know, he knew who I was. My dad told him what it was. He goes in. He goes, what do you want, kid? 
Got the cigars sticking out of his mouth. It was oh, you want to talk central casting? Got the hat, the big fat Italian guy. Hey, kid, what do you want? I say I want one time on the Giants, and I gave him five dollars and fifty cents, and he took it. And in fact, I won that bet. I'm pretty sure I won that bet. You know, I say I'll never forget, but that that's a long time ago, near uh, fifty years ago, forty-eight years ago. So anyway, I do that, and then I'm always hanging around with my dad and those kind of bars, Vinny the Bookie. Uh, but now, even as I got older, they give you credit, so you make a phone call. So give me five times on the Giants, five times on Seattle, five times on a basketball game, whatever sporting event you want, you call them for the lines. They call, okay, you say, hey, Vinny, give me all the lines. There's 14 football games. Giants minus three. Next game is Seattle versus Dallas. Seattle plus three. Whatever they are, gives them down. And when you call back, you know the line. He reads it back. And in fact, they even recorded that. Because people say, I didn't say that. No, 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 no. They had recordings. You couldn't get away with that. And plus, you didn't want to get away with that. Because that's kind of putting on the deep end. And you didn't want to get in trouble. But anyway, that's bookmaking in a hole on the street. What loan sharking is is same thing. If I borrow money from somebody, you have to give them a VIG, and it's points. Each point is a percentage. So if you say to somebody, I want $1,000 to borrow, and he says, okay, I'll give you $1,000. Now you gotta give me three points every Friday, and that three points doesn't come off of the principal. It's just the interest. Until you give me my thousand dollars back, I get three points every single Friday. Okay, what is three points? What's three percentage on a thousand dollars? Obviously, ten percent of a thousand dollars is a hundred. So if you broke it down, five percent. I'm giving a math lesson. If you give five percent of a thousand, that's fifty dollars. Give three percent, that's $30. So every Friday, you got to come give that bookie $30. You still own the $1,000. Now that's going on month after month after month. You're just every Friday giving him $30 out of your paycheck. $30. You still owe him that $1,000. I bought my first uh, nightclub like that way by lending a man so when you lend that kind of money, he used to have to give me $600 every Friday. I said, you got six months to pay it back. Every Friday, I want $600. And don't play with me. Because if you play with me, that's when the rough stuff comes out in that business. And that's just the difference. It's not like, oh, I had a hard week. Uh, I didn't make as much. I never loan shark money to anybody who didn't have, maybe I knew him or... He was uh, something I knew down the line, whether it was a job that I can compromise or something I can get. I took a boat off a guy. And again, you see this shirt? It's a bad choice. It's, it's illegal and it's a bad choice. I'm just explaining bookmaking and loan shocking both on the streets and in the joint. That's all I'm doing. So I want you guys to understand that. That's how loan shocking works. So I would end up loan sharking people money. And I used to love to loan shark money to drug dealers and people who own businesses. Because there's only one way you're not getting paid from a drug dealer. If he gets caught, 
and that's the game I'm taking, or he goes to jail, getting caught or dead. That's it. Otherwise, I remember loaning $30,000 to a, a, a drug dealer. I made $45,000 back, so I made $15,000 profit in about two and a half weeks. Maybe it was three weeks. So you want to talk about a profitable business? It's the person that's getting that loan can't go to a bank or can't go to a, a, a family friend because he either got into debt. If it's a business owner, a lot of times they didn't pay their sales tax or whatever they didn't pay, and they need the money, especially bars. Bars and nightclubs, you know, every drink they take in, they got to take that sales tax, and most of them don't. So they get that money, they take it out of the register, they use it they want, before you know it, they owe that sales tax. And those sales tax people will the, shut your door, literally put a lock on their door, and they're out of business. So that's how I did it. Now, how does that equate to being a businessman? The way I just showed you bookmaking and the gambling, the actual aspect, they also have what they call the ticket. The ticket is more for like really recreational gambles, not serious gamblers. Uh, it's a ticket. Now, the whole ticket would be about that wide, that long, and it would have on it the football games, all the college football games. Then it would have the pro football games. Now, I started this when I was 11 years old. I used to go around door to door giving football tickets to people on a Monday and then pick them up on a Thursday or a Friday to give the money to my, the guy I'm running for. I was what they call a runner and I would give it to him. Now, I was getting 25 cents for every dollar I pulled in, whether they won or lost. Didn't I? Matter of fact, I wanted them to win because if they won, they would tip me. And how that works is you pay minimum of three teams. If you put a dollar down, you get five back. That's really four back because you put the dollar down. But if you get a, you, if you pick four teams, you get ten back. Really nine to one because obviously you're putting your dollar down. You don't get that back on this thing. This is called the ticket. If you bet five teams, you got either eighteen back or twenty back. Think of that. You put a dollar down, I get twenty bucks. Pick five teams. You think it's easy. It's not easy. And it's the biggest sucker bet in the world. And they still have them in Vegas and a lot of places. And it's really for fun. Uh, I used to go around the block and go to the, the principal. My guy up on the corner was a telephone guy. He worked for the telephone company. Next door worked for the uh, sanitation department. Another guy down the block was a you know a, a lawyer or a business guy or whatever it was. And they'd say, oh, come here. Put, get they sometimes say, give me five tickets or seven tickets or whatever. I didn't care how many you give them. The more, the merrier. Because when my guy, the big bookie, would drop them off, he'd drop off a stack of hundreds. He don't care, even if you don't use them. It's he printing them, but I would give him back. Now, on the bottom of that ticket, next to each game, there's a coinciding number. So it'd be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. All the games going, whatever. All that person does is circle the number, and then on the bottom, there's a grid with all of the numbers. So he would circle the corresponding things and he would just give me back that slip of paper and it'd have like a perforation or whatever, a couple of lines, they cut it and it would have four. On the bottom it says number of picks, amount and name. So I just would get, you know, uh, Mr. Z, $5, four picks and it did, I'd make sure it was four circles on there. I didn't care who he picked. 
what he did. He's doing that number. That ticket is what, if he says he wins, will show him he circled the wrong number or he did win. I, at the end of the day, uh, uh, when I collected all of this stuff at the end of the week, I would take a stack of these tickets, whatever money was coinciding with that stack of tickets. So if there was $250, or let's call it 400 and a round number, I had $400. I got 100 bucks. In fact, I used to make about 125 bucks a week as an 11-year-old kid because I used to take in approximately 500 bucks, sometimes more. And I was a hustler, they call that. And I used to go door to door, go door to door. It's called the ticket. And that's how literally bookmaking works. And it was very profitable. I used to love, I used to put my initial on the back of every ticket. So if a guy won my book, because he has a bunch of runners, he would know to give me the money and to give to that guy. And when I gave him, let's say he put five bucks and he had five teams, five bucks for five teams paying 20 to one, that's a hundred bucks. He's going to throw you five bucks, going to throw you 10 bucks. I used to love when people won and bigger they win, the more they're going to tip me. So I'm not only making my 25% on the whole gig, I'm also getting a tip. Believe it or not, the bookie himself, the guy that I used to give the money to, made a fortune, made a fortune. It did not matter. He made a fortune. It's just the way it is. And they're going to do that. So how does that coincide with prison? Let me explain. In prison, money is not cash. It's stamps. One stamp when I was in was a quarter. 25 cents. So a book of stamps comes with 20 stamps in it. That is $5. Period. We didn't care if the face value on the stamp was not a quarter because it wasn't. It might have been 30 cents. Well, 30 times 20 is $6. So that's a $6 book of stamps. I didn't care what it was. As far as prison money, every stamp was a quarter. Now it's different, but back when I was there. So everything was done. Like my brother told you in one video, he had a thousand book of stamps, a thousand. I remember stamps hiding them all over because you never wanted to get caught with them because anything over three books of stamps is contraband. Anything over three books of stamps is contraband. They take it. So now you're just losing literally money because like anything else in prison, you need money and your money can buy you sandwiches off the uh, off of uh, the kitchen guys it can buy you fruit stuff that's stolen it can buy you legal work it can buy you sex if you want sex you can buy it with that if you wanted a porno magazine for the night to use you can use a porno magazine and pay 50 cents or four stamps a dollar for the night and you get to look at a hardcore porn magazine think of what i'm saying in prison hardcore porn magazine so that's exactly how uh, it, it works. So money is needed. Well, like anything else, the outside has the bookies. We used to have bookies in the prison. In fact, I used to get my wife at the time, uh, her grandmother, my wife's grandmother used to get the numbers, get the lines. She literally learned how to get on a computer or was it the paper at the time? I think it was the, the, the newspaper. She would get the newspaper and when she had the newspaper, one of my guys in the joint, a guy named Lou, would call her up and he'd have a, a sheet of paper with all the games on it. And he, she would just read him the numbers, the lines. 
read them down, read the numbers and read the lines and just put them down. And then we would make tickets. Literally, we would go to the library. We would handwrite tickets. Some of the guys were good. They'd even have a guy in the typewriter in the, in the law library typing the tickets up. And then we copied them. We copy sheets of them and then cut them up just like anything else and give them around the prison. And guys would bet a dollar, four stamps, or a book of stamps on the game. And then, you know, it was just like anything else. They get paid in stamps or stuff. Now, we even had guys that said, hey, listen, can I can I put up a, a two tuna? And you'd say, okay, each tuna's worth $2. You know, you say like that. So it's a $2 ticket. And he'd give you tuna. And you'd have so much commissary that you, what you do would open a store. It's called a prison store. And that's how we did that. So we'd open up the prison store from there. And then also loan sharking. We would actually loan shark money the same way. But the only difference in loan sharking money in prison is this. Uh, what we used to do there is do loaning. So like if you wanted, uh, you wanted to borrow a soup, you'd get two soups, you have to give three soups back. You know, ramen noodle soup. Hey, man, you know, you have so much commissary, you'd start a list and you'd say, uh, what do you want? You'd open up your lock. You'd say, I'll take a candy bar. I'll take this. And you either give him a price and he has to go get certain items more on his commissary when he goes. Or stamps. He can buy it right there with stamps. That's what obviously bookmakers did. The guys had the money. Or you'd say two for three. So that's the the going rate in prison is two for three. I'd borrow two borrow two soups. I got to give him three back on commissary day, and he'd know. Lawton, your commissary day is Wednesday because they know the last it goes by the last number. You're like my number was five two 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 four zero zero four. Well, my last number is a four. So four to whatever zero to ten would be one number. Whatever it is, or zero to three didn't matter. So zero four would be zero four. Not everybody goes shopping on the same day. So they'd know what comp day you have commissary and they would tell you to go get this. They'd come in, give you a list and say, get this. Get this exact stuff. And you better do it because people get stabbed that way. People got killed. I watched a man get killed, killed over a book of stamps. Killed over a book of stamps. Back when I first went in, they had cigarettes and they didn't stop cigarettes till like 2003 or something like that. And it was so sad. A guy, you know what a, a plastic cigarette pack cover? You know those things? A guy got killed over a plastic cigarette pack cover. And you know what people don't understand on the street is, you mean he got killed for $5 a book? It's not the $5 that he got killed over. My celly got killed over that. And, and that breaks my heart. And that was a whole different story. It's being disrespected. You know, if somebody beats you for money, it gets around that whole prison system and you can't let that happen. Otherwise you're now a chump and you're gonna have a lot of problems in prison. So I hope I explained bookmaking and loan shopping from the street to the prison. I think I did. Make sure you comment, please share our videos. If you haven't guys, please subscribe. Check out our member programs, but really subscribe and please pass the word, that's all I ask. Thank you very much guys, much love, respect for you guys. Please, everything I talk about is for entertainment purposes. We do know that. See this? You know I believe in this. Come on, guys. I wear these shirts every day. Make good choices. Don't make the bad choice to land you in prison. Please. You know, it, it hurts me in the soul when that happens. So please don't let that happen. And if you're really waiting, in, waiting for the end, see that picture up there? 
that's my mom and dad. Uh, my dad's passed away. I still live with my mom, and I take care of her. And I'm blessed to have that. Anyway, guys, have a great day. Stay strong. Make good choices. Much respect from me to you.